Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad. We realise that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. Um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrek.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, today we we wanted to kind of not only tackle you know some of the biggies, and I, and I know for some of the regulars we, we've we've covered this topic before. But we like to kind of, uh, you know, for, for, for any newbies or, um, you know, uh, Tuesday tune first timers, anyone that's looking at, um, you know, going on treks or high altitude, we just wanted to kind of talk about them again. Uh, they always generate a lot of interest, a lot of conversations. Um, as well as that, as well, obviously, we um, we're currently doing the um, Everest Base Camp competition. Yep. Uh, and off the back of that, we do get a lot of questions, uh, just in emails and generally in all the, uh, all the all the kind of channels really so we wanted to um obviously talk about those um and sometimes that they, they spark kind of different conversations because mm-hmm. you know when it comes to fears it's it's one of those kind of words obviously that has the negative connotations but it's actually there's a lot of positives that can come out about tackling these things and facing your fears and talking about them um so that's where we're going to go today yeah no very important i mean i think it's something that what like when before Evertrek, mm. we every you know whenever I'd go on a trip, I'd always have certain concerns, call them fears, you know, and yeah. they would depending on where I was in my life, you know, was I fit enough, was I not fit enough? If I was fit, I was usually worried about something else. So generally speaking, when you go on these types of high altitude, far flung destinations, you do have that level of sort of anxiety that creeps in about things that you're yeah. not quite right about. I think that's only natural for people to worry about. <coughs> and actually, especially since Evertrek, and I've got the you know privilege of speaking to so many customers over the years, Yeah, you do realize that this, uh, a lot of the same fears do crop up the same yeah. for everyone. And given the amount of times I've seen people like make their first phone call, talk about those fears, they're really worried, they're not sure if they can do it. And then you follow them through that journey yeah. to having completed it and conquered the fears, you do see um, a large amount of people, the vast majority of people can just overcome them and have an awesome trip. So it's good to talk about them. And maybe this is a way of like catching all, instead of just dealing yeah. with one individual, we can get like a, a few hundred people at a time yeah, to overcome exactly. their fears. So yeah, that'd be amazing. It's big things, aren't they? Because I mean, before any of us you know, take on any challenge, I mean, it doesn't have to be you know, a trek of altitude, it could be anything, you know, some people who want to maybe take on a marathon. I know Bry, big, uh, big runner, um, you know, has done a bunch of marathons and, and charity stuff. Um, same with Jim as well, always out in the mountains. Um, you know, there's always these, these things that, or there's always some obstacles sometimes that kind of get in the way of, of you wanting to do that because naturally you've got the urge or the, uh, maybe it's an idea that you've wanted to do for, 
um, you know, for a while. And, you know, swing back to one of the earlier uh, Tuesday tunings we did this year, uh, the very first one where we talked about kind of, you know, challenges versus resolutions. Um, and swing back to that in a way, because you're, you know, if you're talking about, um, you know, something you really want to do, but there's some obstacles in the way, um, let's chat about it. Let's see if we can, you know, remove those obstacles and make these things happen for you. Yeah. Um, um, I just noticed Darren has said, yeah. where's Ruby? Do you think he means Rosie? Uh, <laughs> let's call her Ruby now. <laughs> yeah, I think she's, I think she's now Ruby. Ruby, yeah, hi! Is. Uh, Ruby is actually a special guest, uh, Dazza. So, um, yeah, not, not every Tuesday, but some Tuesdays. Yeah, um, she, yeah, she's got a big smile for the window now. So, yeah, maybe she'll be on one of the future ones. But she will, if, if ever myself or Dave are away, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get Ruby in for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, Rosie, uh, yeah, she's she's been on a bunch of trips. Um, you know, she's got a lot of experience as well. And, um, you know, knows a lot around, um, obviously, trekking and altitude. And Has been known like to have some fears about those trips as well, exactly, actually. Exactly, yeah. That's um, a good point, actually. Yeah, I think mainly, you know, is it is it cold? Is the accommodation five star? Um, you know, all she's going to have you after you know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, exactly. Great point. And um, you know, thanks Darren as well for for, for reaching out about Rosie. Um, but no, talking about obstacles and things like that. Like, yeah, all of us have it. You know, um, these sort of things. These kind of we call them limiting beliefs, really, or, or sometimes they're they're, they're blockages. Um, like before, um, you know, the very first time I went to base camp, I was really kind of concerned about it um go to Everest base camp for the very first time which um was actually eight years ago uh two days ago so it's, it's mm. just over eight years was the first time I reached Mount Everest and but before then I had fears about you know how was my body going to cope because I got asthma um you know was, was I going to be okay was it safe um you know doing a little bit of research and you know there wasn't this kind of thing back then to be honest there wasn't like any lives or any there wasn't a lot on YouTube it was it was a little bit unknown obviously there's a lot more out there now yeah. Um, obviously not just us, but you know, I mean, a, lot, you had, a lot more. You had into thin air. You could have read that. I did read that, but um, <laughs> yeah, you could have read. That would have put me off if I read. Really listen, you to could it, have but... read the climb by Anatoly Bukria. I did read that. You could have read Kill a Mountain. Um, I did read K2. that. Yeah. Read that afterwards. Yeah, it's a good one. The, those, those. But I'm all... not sure they would have allayed my fears. <laughs> no, no, no. That's just that's just a good repository of things that uh, you know. Cracking books, though. Yeah, no, uh, I I made a point of reading, yeah. um, or rather listening, so I had an audio book, Saves yeah. Weight, um, in the thin air, as I was doing the base camp trek. Oh, that's cool. So it's quite yeah, interesting, nice. like, like, you know, that. so play the Lobouchet. When I, when I got to bed at night, I'd play the, you know, the bit where he got to Lobouchet, and, yeah. and when I got to Namshi, I'd play the bit that he got to Namshi, nice. just so I can have, like, a, a, a comparison in my mind, like, how many years later. I kind of jumped, literally, the pages jumped out at you. Did, yeah. on the yeah because you're listening to it right yeah the uh the, yeah yeah so i'm not sure what the analogy is there <laughs> i was gonna say what, what did they do yeah, they, yeah. they kind of crawled through your yeah i guess, I guess what it is i guess yeah it's it's like a sort of um uh what, what's that little bug you know that everyone worries that is in their ears little bug they've got like uh pincers on their ass oh uh earwig oh, earwigs yeah i knew yeah, i had earwig. yeah yeah it was yeah, like wow. it was like an earwig of pure information <laughs> Anyway, uh, insects, wow. a lot of people are worried about insects when they go on a trek and uh, animals and stuff like that, you know? It is one of them, yeah, because, mm -hmm. you know, believe it or not, we've got some notes. Um, yeah, we, we've written down a few things, but I suppose where to start, though, just, I know we've given a little bit of context, uh, sorry if he doesn't like earwigs, um, is around, uh, you know, the main fears that, that, that people have going to high altitude. Um, and obviously, we'll start with the obvious one, which is 
altitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a biggie, you know, especially if you haven't been there before and you don't know about it. Um, you know, as soon as someone says about climatizing, about, you know, there's less oxygen. Um, okay, you've got, you've got the other factors as well, like the environmental ones, like cold and ice and weather and, and that kind of stuff. So all naturally, that sounds like quite a dangerous environment, doesn't it? Um, so it's, it's, it's very rational to have these types of fears mm. um, because, you know, as human beings, uh, you know, the way we are, your body has this thing, self-preservation. It wants to preserve your life. So it will naturally, um, you know, have these things to stop you from getting hurt. But, you know, one thing that you said a long time ago now um, was, was around knowledge dispels fear, which I mm. think is a massive one. Um, and just having a little bit of kind of knowledge around altitude and how it works and actually that a lot of people go to altitudes a lot of people live around altitude you think of you know nepal as an example you think of all the the, the, the villages in nepal and the sherpa villages that live pretty much above three thousand meters you know and obviously they're they're doing fine you know we send uh, literally you know over a thousand people um a year now to high altitude in nepal um and you know obviously there, there are issues um there are some things that do happen um, that's that's like any adventure, but naturally most people acclimatize well. Um, you know, most people enjoy it. Obviously, it's a challenge or it is hard, but altitude is just something that you can get comfortable with just through a little bit of education. Like yeah, that. no, and, and there's lots of stuff you can do in order yeah. to make yourself more comfortable with it as well. Like, yeah, you said doing the research, and when through that research, you'll learn that you know altitude is perfectly manageable. Yeah, it can you know affect people in a way that means that they <laughs> have to turn back, and that's a yeah. risk we all take. But then that's integral to the challenge of going to base camp or Kilimanjaro. Yeah, I mean the reason why people take on that is partly for the experience, but partly because it's like signing up for a marathon. You're challenging yourself. You're seeing yeah. if you can do something. So the element of failure and the element of turning back if you had to is integral and altitude yeah. is is the reason that that exists but there are the mountain rules that you can follow as well you know like we yeah. talk about making sure you stay hydrated the moment you stop hydrating you stop acclimatizing yeah you know going slow managing your pace making sure you eat calories to keep your energy up trying to manage your sleep it's really difficult at altitude um but yeah if you manage to get some it makes a big difference and difficult i think sea level as well isn't it? <laughs> has been known to yeah been been tracking my sleep lately and we realized that i think at this rate i've got about four years left i think you need more deep more deep i can yeah it doesn't matter i can have five hours or nine hours and the deep sleep really goes above 15 minutes i think it's because you're just so excited to want to 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 get out there and enjoy life mate that's what it is yeah i'll be honest (laughs) with you like it doesn't help though with the with the excitement yeah, level, you know. True. I mean, well, yesterday, Jesus, that didn't help. I mean, you're well, stuck in a stuck on the M4 for what, like uh, six hours? Well, yeah, it did get me thinking as well about you know t- this morning when we discussed the the Tuesday tuning topic and things like mm-hmm. that. And I was thinking, I was sat. So yesterday we were out having a meal, and then I was driving back home, and I was about a mile from my house, and I stopped at the back of this queue of traffic on the M4. Yeah, and I was sat in that exact position for five hours like didn't move an inch now obviously up ahead there was a very serious incident where people had been hurt and i think sadly died um and it just goes to show doesn't it you know that you 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 know every single like i was on the motorway i was driving if i was you know five minutes earlier i would have probably been in amongst the sort of what happened Mm. and you know that life can be unpredictable and i think that you shouldn't 
you should seize those challenges and seize those opportunities. Well, you can, because yeah, whilst, yeah. You, whilst you're worried about altitude and heights and things like that, yeah, like you know, that. you never know what's going to happen when you step out your front door. <laughs> so uh, Step onto the road. No, exactly. It's, it's true, isn't it? That you make a very good point in that, you know, we, we always worry about what's going to happen on trips and this and th these things. But actually, things can happen anywhere. You know, like you said, stepping out your front door on a road, uh, it's probably more likely there. And, 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 you know, this isn't, okay, we want to talk about fears and fear of going outdoor and all that stuff because, um, you know, but I suppose just more having that, that understanding and of, of actually that the risk level um, isn't that much higher, really, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely something to, to sort of take. Well, into yeah. Account. I mean, it's managed risk, isn't it? Like yeah. the, the, the things that we choose to do and the things that we choose to tackle and take on are very rarely the things that we come unstuck with. Yeah. You know, the things that, you know, present a real problem are the things that blindside you on a, uh, on a Monday evening you know that you never even saw coming so i think to yourself just this is going a little bit off topic i guess but i would i just want, <laughs> this is more of a yeah just go for I, it I, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I, I like it I like but but, it, like but this it. is it's, it's relevant because i had five hours to sit and think about it i didn't go home till just gone three in the morning yeah fair dudes. um just sat there mulling over thinking the circumstances thinking yeah it was, i'll be honest would have rather it was sleeping time <laughs> um because it was yeah it was like three o'clock in the morning and i was just yeah. getting back in but Anyways, anyway, um, we got some newbies. Uh, we got some. Uh, hey, Alan, how are you? I say newbies, not Alan. Alan's been around uh, a fair whack on the lives. Uh, great to see you, Jerome, as well. I'm glad Jerome's. You know, excuse me, Jerome. It's definitely a Tuesday today. Um, just to let you know. <laughs> but um, no, it's great to see that you're uh, excited on a Monday at half twelve as well. Um, you know, maybe you never know. Maybe one day we'll do a Monday one. Um, but yeah, just Darren there. I visited the Altitude Center in February. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, really um, good. Yeah, let us know how it goes and, and share in the community. Um, it's always um, always interested to, to hear how it goes. Obviously, we've had a lot of uh, Evertrackers go there and, and also use some of their equipment. And obviously, uh, we've been there as well, um, you know, a couple of years ago now, but, you know, testing it out. And yeah, they're great. Um, uh, they're a great team there. Whilst we're talking about the Altitude Centre, actually, we do. They are on our, um, our training weekends this year um, that we've got. And we've got a couple this year. We've got one in Snowdonia. Um, I believe then there's a space or two left um, on that date. Um, uh, Sophie, if you can pop the link to that trip, that would be awesome. Um, and then we've we've got the, the the other one, the classic one um, in Brecon Beacons here in Wales in Bannerbrookenyog. Um, uh, yeah, I think we've got a bunch of spaces left on there. So if you are keen, um, one of the guys from the Altitude Centre who will bring some of the equipment will be on that weekend yeah. as well. So it's always great. They they came on the one. There we go. Uh, one space left on the Snowdonia. There we go. I know it was, we, we've had a bunch of bookings the last uh, few days. Um, so yeah, if you want to catch that last space, um, it'd be fantastic. Myself and Dave are there as well up in Snowdonia. Mm -hmm. um, and it'd be great. Um, Snowdonia? Um, I don't know where that sorry. is. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, A&E. Um, yeah, you, <laughs> you got to do both. I got to do both. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, myself and Dave, well, I, you're, you're half Scottish, half Welsh, but I'm, 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 I'm definitely Welsh. And, um, but I don't, speak the language which is is a shame really but a lot of people in wales do yeah um and it's great to see some of the the kind of the, the names now becoming more of a uh, well-known uh, obviously around the uk so yeah aed which is uh, snowdonia yeah. National Park. you've got to read the um the road signs twice because <laughs> when you're soon to go into wales they, they've written twice um yeah sticking with the altitude theme there's a slightly yeah, sorry, there's, okay. a sli there's a slightly different aspect to the altitude as well okay yeah, yeah. and this is what i i like to think of this as a immediate altitude Okay. Um, this isn't the altitude uh, that it, it's, it's, it's when you fear of heights. 
I see what you mean. I was thinking then, yeah. where are we going with this? Like, okay, like so general altitude yeah, yeah, yeah. is when you're just, you're on the land, but high in the sky. Yeah. Immediate altitude problems come when you're yeah. uh, near an edge. And um, I guess you call common. them, I, do you know what? I think you perhaps you call them gravity related issues. <laughs> but um, we, but we've been on, on trips and, and we've had a lot of ever trekkers who, um, you know, have, have got a fear of heights. Yeah. Uh, it, again, it's a very rational fear. Um, it's certainly one that if you go near an edge, you know, some people will be kind of grabbing on or, um, you know, one of one of our good friends, Max, who came with us to Everest Base Camp in April 2019, um, had a very similar issue. And, and, and part of his questions was, oh, would I be OK with the bridges? Yeah. Um, you know, how am I going to get across these? But luckily, uh, with the work with the guide, you know, they coached him through it and they got him across the bridges. Yeah. Actually, on the way down, I don't think he quite conquered the 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 the, the heights thing, it's definitely it was, still there but he was a lot more comfortable on the way down yeah no knowing he'd already done it i think that's it like it is you know relatively proven that if you expose yourself to certain things that you're afraid of yeah um over time you do become desensitized to those fears <laughs> if not completely over them yeah having said that there are certain things i'm afraid of that i'm not going to expose myself to i don't yeah. mind big furry tarantulas like i think they're quite cute okay but if someone put a house spider on me you don't Really? What one of those yeah, then the the killer house. I, I would be like there would be a Dave shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> um but yeah. I can imagine that. Yeah, like you Straight know like, the way what, through. like okay. a roadrunner or something again, like that. It's it's one of those fears, isn't it? Because I'm thinking when we're born, mm. you know, these I think we're there's only a couple of fears that you're born with. I think firstly it's falling. Mm. I think so anyone that falls will have a fear. And I think what what do you think the other the other fear that you're born with is? Uh, so falling, and I don't really know. Actually, uh, it, it, believe it or not, just just reading, it, it's actually like pain, like fire. I don't know if it's deep rooted from ancestors, yeah. in that there's a few things that falling and getting burned alive are two of the things that you're born with. All the other fears are usually something from you in, in part of how you grow. Interesting up. as well that there is there is a section of our evolution, right? So mm. you know how um, we're great apes. Um, well, early in our evolution and still today with the great apes, you will see that the babies like cling on to yeah. their mothers. Yeah. If you put a baby on its back, that's why it sounds an excellent year. It's true. Useful fact. Yeah, useful. Anyway, <laughs> altitude. Um, yeah, so fear of heights is, um, is, is a biggie, to be honest. Yeah. But particularly when it comes to sort of less so on the mountains, actually. Some mountains yeah. do have some exposure, but it's more about... Um, you get it a lot with Everest Base Camp, and that's because of the bridges. And, you know, they're metal bridges, yeah. um, massive exposure, usually <coughs> on either side. Um, and they move about a lot, which is very disorientating for people. Yeah. But honestly, it's one of those things where I've seen people who are, like, white with fear about it, white knuckle on there. But the guides are there to help you. This is where you need to rely on the support network around you. So the other members of your group and particularly the guides, yeah. um, because what they'll do hand on the shoulder, they'll send someone ahead who will stop any like yaks and things like that coming the other way yeah. to reduce the amount of bridge stuff, uh, bridge stuff, bridge movement. And then they'll literally just, just walk you across there yeah. hand in hand. And then once you've done one, two, three, you, you, you'll be flying. You'll be able to do it on your own with le less of a worry. I think most of the fear comes when, you know, I've had it before where you're halfway yeah. across a bridge and the next thing you know, a yak is on the other end and then the bridge is going up and down like this. But you can't yeah. cross the yak on the bridge. So you've got to turn around and go back. 
Yeah, and it's, so, yeah. it's one of those, and, and in all of these situations, just just lean on the experience of people around you, your guides, you know, your assistant guides. Um, sometimes some of your members of the team are a bit more uh, comfortable in that situation, you know. Um, uh, I know we rely on the guides a lot, don't we? But sometimes it's that, again, we call it self-preservation, self-rescue. Um, is that, you know, you can try and get yourself out of that situation if you're not feeling great. Yeah. Um, yeah, another biggie as well that, that, that we have um, sometimes um, you know, we get messages or, or actually people um, um, sometimes if they if they can't make a trip for whatever reason they want to cancel, uh, it's because um, they, they were booked with other people, but actually they're going on their own. Um, and going solo, you know, is, is something that isn't comfortable for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. It's certainly become more regular now, I think. Um, I don't know, because of the maybe social media, people meeting on social media first, even if you're booked online, which, you know, we always recommend, by the way, if you are booked on by yourself um you know and looking at our, you know we obviously our stats you know we can see that over half of everyone that goes on our trips is actually booked alone which mm -hmm. is nuts right and i think a lot, a lot of girls as well yeah and a lot of females exactly. I, I, I think the the females are uh the females that's like friday night dinner that is there's a little joke about in there about that okay where his dad is uh always saying like got any uh, got any females but uh but <laughs> wow. no i think girls are braver i do yeah because guys tend to go with a mate and a lot of uh girls go solo it's, it's mad. Yeah. yeah. So I think but they're it, braver. Yeah, I, I agreed. I'm going to write a theory about that. Write a theory. Yeah. Yeah, do it. But it's certainly with solo uh, solo travel, you know, it's um, it's something that's really kind of, you know, very rewarding. You, you obviously make a lot of friends and, um, you know, as soon as you arrive in the the hotel lobby and you, and you meet other people, you're like, oh, are you part of Evertrek? You obviously have a Trek t-shirt um, or you have like a welcome dinner. Um, it only takes... You know, one of the people in the group to crack a joke, and next thing you know, you're all friends for life. Yeah. You know, it, it really happens quite organically, and um, it's great. I mean, you know, obviously you, you can't get around it. People don't always get on. Uh, you know, you get people that maybe don't connect with other individuals. That's just part of life. But majority mm -hmm. of people, um, you know, on ever trek trips and and and, and trekking in general, um, you know, it's great. It's a great community. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been very very lucky. I made made a lot of friends with. A lot of the ever trackers in the community and and that and i love that it's absolutely fantastic and i know i know it's um reciprocated you know it, it, it comes back i mean it? there are people on this uh tuesday tune-in who i've met multiple times we've got kate jerome bry by um you know diane i could scroll down and find more names i'm sure sorry if i've left you out but yeah and <laughs> you do you find that you, you think it's amazing because yeah. especially on our trips the, the thing about people rubbing along together yes there are those outliers who are difficult personalities um but most of the time you've at least got one thing in common yeah you know and that's that something in your life has led you to want to go to everest base camp or Kili or machu picchu and that's brought you there yeah um so i usually just try and focus in on that type of thing you know exactly. talk about your your adventure side and stuff like that and just stay away from politics and religion and you'll be fine <laughs> you know um but yeah no it is really good um, what else you got, Dave? I know there's there's, there's a few comments well, here as well. Just to just to kind of flag, uh, Kate. I hope all is well. Uh, just talking about Max because obviously we're on Tupcal uh, with Kate in October, which is a wonderful trip. Um, and again, talking about our good friend Max, who was also on that trip. But Max had literally one short moment of the altitude fear. Uh, we thought when we uh, almost descended from Tupcal, uh, no fear on the way to the summit, but it was on the way down exactly. And sometimes you spend all your energy getting to the the goal, the summit. You know the base camp wherever it is and on the way down you they're kind of a little bit of relief but you relax a bit more and sometimes that some of those fears can come back it's, it's mad isn't it 
Um, but yeah, it's great that um, yeah, especially Mohammed and 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 the other guys as well. Um, you know, comforted Max and got him down. And yeah, yeah. we had a yeah, we had an awesome time. Wicked. Um, right, what else you got, Dave? Um, so yeah, another big one that comes up a lot, and it's actually something that I have yeah. had recently <clears throat> because. I've got to work on my fitness. I know this now. I've like, I've always been like relatively up and down, but I've reached a point now where I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back down again. Yeah. Or take my fitness up and 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 all the negatives down. Yeah. Nice. And um, one of the big things that we deal a lot with is because we do run a philosophy that you know, pretty much anyone can do these trips with the right attitude, the right training. Um, you know, those two things are, are powerful. But yeah. I think the fitness is is a big one because you can have the mindset that you're an adventurer and you want to go and you have no other fears or anything like that. But for whatever reason, you've let yourself get slightly less fit than you used to or need to be. And then there's that fear then that I don't want to go because it'll it'll hold me back. Yeah. And it's it, it's a funny one because I've been on this journey like when I first went to base camp. Before I went to Everest base camp, I was nearly 20 stone. Um, like about as unfit as it's possible for me to get at that stage, you know, like yeah. chest aches in the night, just lying in bed, that type of thing. And, wow. but it is really, it, but the annoying thing is that it, it, what makes getting fit difficult is not the physical, it's the mental yeah. side of it. It's yeah, yeah. It, it. And so getting help, I find in order to make that change is, is a really big thing, whether that's a personal trainer or training buddy or someone that you know that goes running that you can just go up to. And I guarantee if you've got someone that goes, like say if I went up to Bri Ryan, I said, Bri, you're a runner, teach me. <laughs> Most people who have a hobby like that yeah, are yeah. really happy to share the skill, you know, and Agreed. they, they, they yeah, want to yeah. train people. And, and I, I usually do think that my one big tip for sort of getting fit and allaying those fears of fitness yeah. is to not do it alone, to find some form of community, a running club, a gym, yeah. a friend, something like that to help you. And you don't need to be radically different. You know, yeah. you don't have to go from like, say, 20 stone to Mo Farah in order to do these trips. You know, you, you can literally just do a little bit over a bit of time and you'd be surprised the difference it makes. You don't have to be super skinny. You can be quite round like me and, you know, and you can and you can still, you know, quite put strength and endurance in the legs. And if you've got strength and endurance in the legs, then you're going to be able to do those things. Yeah. And um, nice. And so many people who go on our trips, they're not, you know, the, the, the shapes, the sizes. I, yeah. I agree that, you know, we're not all athletes. Um, it certainly helps, though. I mean, obviously, the fitter you are, the easier it, it, it kind of seems and the easier it will be, definitely. Um, but like like Dave said, I don't think you have to to be like someone like Mo Farah. It's... Um, um, you know, it, it, it is a battle and sometimes, especially because it's just walking, you know, all these, uh, unless there's any technical aspects to it, like, okay, if you're on maybe one of the peaks, uh, if you're on Mera Peak, Island Peak, you know, it is more physically demanded. It's not just walking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're on Aconcagua, um, you know, Summits of Fire, it is, it is harder. You can't get around that. Um, you know, so it does require a little bit more physical, you know, yeah. a lot more physical exertion um, than, say, just, just a trek. Um, I still say a trek's easy, but it, it 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 it's still achievable because it's just you know it's just walking. Yeah, and and you know like th think of it as training for a trek is like training for sort of a half marathon. Yeah, you know you don't go out and do a half marathon on day one exactly of your training. Yeah, yeah. You know, so a trek's like that. You don't go to Aconcagua for your first trek, but yeah. you can do awesome things. Like yeah, I remember when I was running, and I can. 
and I used to be able to run a half marathon with, with relative ease, but I, the half marathon, the 10 K never felt as good as the first five K really because, well, that was, that was the barrier. You that, and also getting, from, day, getting from zero miles to five K mm. was I've mixed my denominations there, but getting from zero <laughs> K to five K was actually yeah. harder than five K to a half marathon. Why? Not, not because of the, the physical training was obviously more yeah, difficult, yeah. but I broke through the mental barrier. As soon as I did my first 5K, yeah. and it took me 42 minutes, I got it down to half an hour. But imagine that. That's basically walking, right? But you, but you still did it. But I, but I, still did, did, it. I did it. Yeah, exactly. And I remember, I remember where I was. I was down Cardiff Bay. Um, I'd ran for 3.1 miles, and yeah. I literally, like, punched the air. I felt like Rocky. I was like, <laughs> get in. It's that top of the steps. I mean, and, uh, hands in the air, yeah, was it? My time, yeah, yeah. that didn't warrant a punch in the air. But that, but that, but that was that was amazing, you know. And 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 little, just little steps made a big difference. And then when I went to Love base it. camp, I felt I felt so in control of that aspect, you know. Yeah, and um, mate, really good. I mean, we got a couple of other ones as well. Something to point out, actually. I, I think Kerry, um, uh, Kerry Eden has mentioned there, which is really good, really good point. I'm on my very first trip with you this Friday to Killy. Awesome. Um, uh, good luck. I hope you have an awesome time. Uh, excited, but very nervous about the altitude. Um, yeah, you honestly, Kerry, you're not the only one. Uh, biggest fear is I don't want to let the group down. Like honestly, you're not going to let anyone down. No. The fact is that you're on this trip mm-hmm. is, is 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 you winning. Um, you're going out there, you know, try and enjoy it as much as you as you can. Especially the first kind of several days. Um, yeah, there, there's no getting around it. You know, climbing Kitty is hard, um, and hopefully, you know, the training you've done will, will will put you in good stead. But go out there, try and enjoy it. Take it slow. Drink plenty of water. Try and eat as much food as you can. Um, you know, and just enjoy it. Uh, you know, you've chosen to be there. You've chosen to take it on. Yeah. Um, and let us know how it goes. Obviously, we'll be getting updates from the team, but it'd be great to see you back on the live and, um, yeah, hearing uh, how you've done, uh, Kerry. I know a lot of Evertrackers on the uh, the live today have done Killy. Um, I'm sure there'd be a lot of advice there, um, you know, around going on to Killy and some of the challenges on there. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had people who go on there. And, yeah, they, you know, they, they do turn around but, you know, for safety reasons. Um, which you know is, is the right thing, and as long as we get you down safe, that's our goal here. Obviously, it'd be great to have the summit, um, you know, or, or the summit ridge. Um, but yeah, let's know how you get on. It'd be uh, be great but to see how you get on, Kerry. You said something really good there as well, which is you, you've already kind of won, you know, by signing up and going out there. Yeah, you know, that's it's not the end of something; it's the beginning of something. You know, it's your yeah. first trip on a lifetime of adventure, travel, and and, and exactly. challenges. So, you know, <coughs> just go out there, enjoy it, be free of worry, get as high as you can, um, and then try and climb the mountain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. um, there's a couple more. I, I know I know one of the ones, because I know we've got a few here, and it's some good questions, actually, and we will come on to your questions um, uh, about this as well. And any more, obviously, post in the comments so uh, we, we can we can uh, touch on the live. Um, but one you mentioned earlier, which was around, like, family. Oh, yeah, we is, talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's not... Uh, yourself that has the fear but actually like your family members maybe your kids um you know maybe your wife or your husband uh or maybe your parents you know sometimes they're like oh why are you going there are they really worried about you and something we we've chat actually over the last kind of several years around this around you know about getting your family on side um and go back to what we said at the beginning obviously i know we're imparting a lot of this um kind of stuff and, and maybe the articles and things to you guys um but also share that with your family as well and the people that have these kind of worries. Because um, the last thing you want is, you know, naturally it happens sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, geez, my dad, 
I don't know how many times I go out on mountains. He's always worrying um, because that's that's just the way he is. You know, it doesn't matter what I tell him. Mine's fine about it. <laughs> that's it, Doug's fine. Doesn't bother me. But it's it's just about getting them on side if they do have worries and they do think you know about you in a certain way. Just get them on side. Maybe get them to tune in on one of these. Um, hopefully that'll put a little bit of confidence in them. But no, just just get them to look at what you're doing and show that it's just walking. Maybe learn a little bit about the altitude and yeah. Also, as well on some of these trips, they're not fully remote. You know, sometimes you do get signal. Um, more so on Everest Base Camp, I'd say, than Kili. Uh, there there is a few few of the early days on Kili. You don't get any signal, but then you. Weirdly, obviously, you do as you get higher. Um, but, you know, you can keep in touch with family if needed. So, yeah, some some of the fears, aren't they, uh, and people who aren't actually on the trip. Yeah, and there's a lot sometimes. of media coverage, you know, about, um, yeah. you know, the, the word Everest is sort of a catch-all phrase now for base camp and the summit. Yeah. When in actual fact, it's apples and oranges, you know, like get into the, the base camp, although it's a tremendous challenge, <coughs> it's a completely different challenge to reaching the summit of Mount Everest. Absolutely. Yeah. And the two aren't really connected beyond the fact that yeah. one's at the bottom of the other. And I think when people in the news see those pictures of big queues on Everest and talk of the bodies and all the trash and stuff like that, yeah. that's not the Everest base camp experience, you know? And I think Agreed. it is just about finding the right way to convince those people of what you're doing and the fact that, you know, you've done your research, but, um, you know, and you found a reputable company and you've got good yeah. guides and you've got contingencies and you go in with a group of people. All yeah. of these things tend to allay the fears of, of someone that's worried for you. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or just good say, points. just say, I'm off. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you tell to your dad? Says, I'm yeah. Right, I'm um, oh, brilliant. Some, um, some really good questions as well. I know we've got some other bits, Dave, but I will... Yeah, should we dive in? I yeah. saw one. Um, I know from... on the WhatsApp group we've got a couple too, haven't we? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, uh, I'll do this one then. We'll go with that. Yeah, one. yeah. Good so time. Craig Berry um, just hey, said, Craig. "I did Kilimanjaro last year. How is EBC compared to that physically?" So yeah, very two very different experiences yeah. in terms of the challenge. You know, they feel different. They look different. Everything about them is relatively incomparable beyond the fact that there's some walking uphill. Yeah, I would say that Kilimanjaro is. We do the eight-day Lamosha route, and I would say for, for example, seven of those days, yeah. it's actually the same or easier yeah. than an average day on Everest Base Camp. However, Summit Day is like twice as hard as any other day on the Base Camp trek. Agreed, yeah. So it is the the feeling of Base Camp. I we describe it as a journey. So you're not just starting at the bottom and going to the top <clears throat> and then down again. You are traveling through a landscape and it undulates and it's up and down like any other journey. And some of those ups are pretty challenging. And some of the downs. And some of the downs, yeah. <laughs> Kilimanjaro is, it's, it's all culminating in one experience, yeah. which is the summit night. Um, and that is like you trek at, on EBC, you might trek in the dark. You might trek at altitude. You might trek you know, sleep deprived um, and in the cold, but only on Killy do you do all of those things yeah. in one day. So it's pretty intense. Um, my, and also if you ask Andy, his opinion might be different. You ask anyone else that's done both their opinions. Yeah. I think the best way to do it, Craig, is for you to book on to EBC, <laughs> enter the competition, you might win, and then you'll find out for free. <laughs> Definitely. Um, now it's, um, as Dave said, it, it is very different for everyone. I certainly found Killy harder than EBC, but I've heard loads of people say the other way around. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Um, yeah, but a really good question um, and something that comes up a lot, actually. Because generally, someone who wants to go and do Killy and hears about Everest Base Camp, you know, they'll, they'll always want to go uh, or, or vice versa um, just to kind of gauge where they're at because they are very different experiences and, and also very different culturally as well, mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of the countries. But they're both amazing countries in their own right. And there's there's so much to do. It's, it's not just about the trekking. Like lots of our ever trekkers who go to Killy actually do some of the safaris as well, which is even, you know, the Serengeti, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, really good, um, good points there. Um, on the WhatsApp group, what was the question from Dave? Was from uh, Dave Garney. Um, so it says, it booked on the EBC on the 28th of Feb. Awesome. Uh, done some yeah. trekking in the past, two of which were Mount uh, Kinabalu in Borneo. Wow. Awesome. And also Mount Ararat, Ararat, Ararat. in uh, Egypt. Wow. Um, do you have any plans to include these destinations in the future? Really looking forward to EBC in Feb. Awesome, Dave. Well, mate, first of all, Good luck in uh, EBC yeah. in February. You're going to have an amazing time. Um, yeah, with regards to those other trips, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, we're always on our radar yeah. looking for sort of new destinations that we think will be sort of, you know, positive for the brand and also, you know, positive for the Evertrekkers. So certainly, yeah, it's it's a possibility that in the future we might add them. At the minute, yeah. there's no immediate plans to sort of include those peaks. But um yeah, I mean, I, I don't rule out anything. Is my uh, is my point? Yeah, but it, honestly, we we're really excited to release a bunch of trips this year. Um, uh, yeah, which is is you know as part of our part of our growth as a business, you know, and and, and as a company, we we want to obviously go to some new destinations. Yeah, but we'll definitely let you know, um, um, you know, when that happens. Definitely. Yeah. Um, another good question. It was earlier on the live, but I'll bring it in. It's from Patesh. Hey, Patesh. Hope all is well. We're still on the live, hopefully. Um, any mosquitoes in the Himalayas? So, yeah, because some people do, you know, have some fears around the creeper crawlies and, and things like that. We do get some questions about that. Um, and, yeah, luckily, uh, actually higher up in the Himalayas, you, you don't really get mosquitoes there. Um, you do get them sometimes in more kind of wet areas or jungle areas, um, you know, so further down, um, you know, towards the, the Indian border, maybe Chitwan um, and the Terai region. Um, so the Himalayas, they've got the three kind of, levels obviously you've got the mountains and you've kind of got the um semi-mountains then you've got the terai in nepal which is the lowlands <clears throat> and you do get some there yes yeah um but you don't need um it unless you go into really remote parts of that of nepal um you uh, remote parts in like the jungle expedition side um uh, you don't need like anti-malarials uh, there's not recommended uh, obviously do check um you know the official guidance but um, yeah, uh, in, in terms of our trips, especially in the Himalayas, none of them need, um, or none of them have any mosquitoes. But yeah, plenty, plenty of those in Tanzania, mind. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Awesome. Um, Andrew Scott, have we touched on this one? I don't know if don't we know. did. A fear of letting the group down if you have to turn back. Um, it's good, yeah, we touched on it a yeah. little bit, but it's, yeah, it, it's come up at the bottom there, I think. Um, who else brought it up there? I think it was, uh, was it Alan? Not Alan. Sorry, uh, Dave. Uh, Gareth, yeah, mentioned as well. But, yeah, um, fear of fear of failing and 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 say hitting terra firma all the way down. Yeah, no, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, I think true. I think yeah. So um, we do get it a lot, you know, and it's it's mainly the question is usually not if I have to turn around, but more what if I slow the group down? Yeah, they don't want to be a burden to the rest of the group if they think that they're going to be going too slowly. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say is that one 
our trips are not a race. You know, there's an Everest marathon if you want to see how quickly you can move across that sort of terrain. Our trips are an experience and an adventure. Um, and so the aim is not to get from A to B as quickly as possible, but as safely as possible. And that's down to the individual and group members as well. Yeah. Um, I don't, I am not aware of any group ever that has ever fed back anything and said, my trip was ruined by Dave being so slow and having to wait for him every day, because it's not, that's not how it really works. Mm. Naturally you get faster and slower members, but the group is like a caterpillar just coming together and stretching out all the way up and down the hill. Um, and then in the tricky bits, we do stay together. Um, so I think, yeah, in terms of slowing the group down, there's absolutely nothing that anyone has to worry about. Yeah. Um, and in terms of letting someone down, if you have to turn back, I've done that myself, you know, yeah. like yeah. I had like, I had a, that exact feeling. And it, it, luckily for me, it was caught on camera on video where if you watch the first ascent video, um, on our YouTube page, you can hear me say, oh, I just don't want to ruin the day by turning back. But actually, I realized that they barely noticed I was gone um, <laughs> and they carried on regardless. But uh, but no, what I mean is, I mean, is uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, everyone is there for their own reasons and everyone wants everyone to succeed. But if the right thing to do is turn back, then the right thing to do is to turn back. And that's what we do. And everyone can feel comfortable in that fact, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 really, really interesting one. I mean, <clears throat> as Dave said there, you know, rarely do you get people who kind of complain about going slow. You do get some people like who, who want to go faster. Um, you know, and we've got to kind of rein them in a little bit and say, well, well this is altitude now, there's no race. Uh, let's be a team player, no Mavericks, you know, that that's part of part of life, isn't it? Um, you know, and I've been on on trips before where um not necessarily amateur trips but talking wide wide range in here especially in the uk especially if it's like more of a speed thing you do get people who do want to move faster um so yeah and, and you know naturally uh yeah it, it is part of a challenge but rarely do you see it because at altitude speed is just just it's just a non-thing really um you know okay it's a bit more prominent on peaks because you've got to get up and down mm. safely um you know but as i said in terms of the peaks there you want to be a little bit fitter um, in terms of going after them, um, you know, you, you don't want to just kind of roll onto those trips. You know, you want to you want to have some physical um, fitness there, ready for those challenges. Um, but no, really good question. Um, Dean asked uh, an interesting one. Uh, yeah, physically fit, but for my sins, I vape. Um, is it disadvantaged trekking at altitude? Um, personally, I, I'm not sure about the science behind it, but I mean, yeah, anytime you're, you're kind of smoking or, or using something that can affect the lungs. I wouldn't say it's a positive thing uh, at altitude. Um, I haven't seen many people vape at altitude. Um, yeah, so it'd be interesting actually to test it. What do you think, Dave? I mean, it's, um, I know it's not I recommended. Mean, I, I've tracked. I've tracked with smokers. Okay. I can't see that it would be any worse than that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also it's what your body's accustomed to. Yeah, so yeah. if you say you're already relatively fit and you vape, yeah, there's that that <laughs> should level out when you go to altitude. You know, I I can't yeah. think of any particular reason why stopping and having a little vape would harm you i mean yeah. it depends how much of it you're doing like you know if you're taking yeah. weight if you're sitting in what i probably wouldn't do and this is based on absolutely no knowledge of it at all <laughs> um because i've trekked with smokers and things like that yeah, it's, yeah. it's totally fine but if you're lying in bed at night so just thinking about the biology here you're lying in bed at night at gorek chefs five thousand meters half the oxygen at sea level yeah and you're sucking on those vapes and you know some people they produce like a cloud man agree like yeah, all yeah. of that 
any sort of reduction of oxygen in your lungs if you're doing it a lot yeah would wouldn't i doubt that would help so yeah just little and often yeah no, little and sparingly yeah exactly yeah i like it yeah Brian, I'd, be, Brian. I'd, be, I'd be interested to know his experience actually i'd be worried about that it would be interesting isn't it yeah um reasonably fit bright think there's an understatement yeah he's doing the uh <laughs> brecon to cardiff ultra marathon this weekend so yeah i would say reasonably fit yeah exactly it's, it's really good sorry a lot of comments here great stuff um yeah uh, was it i'm reasonably fit but i'm always tail end charlie partying at the back you know what bright it's all about partying at the back isn't it it's like being the back of the school bus uh <laughs> you know all, all the naughty uh people at the back right um but no it, it's it's Hey, if you're at the back, it means you get to the destination taking longer. You can, it's going to help acclimatization. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, some other good questions, though. Keep the, the comments coming. I, I do want to, just before we, we go into this in these comments, we've got about 10, 15 minutes left, um, is that <clears throat> over the last 12 months, we've um, uh, well, we, we've, we've launched uh, what we call the Summit Zone. Uh, it was actually back at the tail end of 2022. Um, and it was really good. We had a great year. We've made some... Um, made some changes, made some adjustments. Um, so after this live, actually, we are sending out to the community and in the group um, access for the Summit Zone. Um, I'm not sure um, if uh, anyone on the live is here. Maybe I think Rich um, has part, been part of the, um, the Summit Zone as well over the 12 months. And what essentially the Summit Zone is, 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 is an opportunity really for us and, and you to, to kind of work more closely as part of your preparation. Um, you know, preparation is massive for going on um, you know, high altitude treks, uh, you know, and, and so we do have like monthly group calls. Um, we've got a lot of uh, useful content and, 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 and kind of workshops that um, we've kind of saved and, and, and people we've invited in um, as part of the Summit Zone. So if you did want to work a little bit more closely with myself and Dave um, and the rest of the Yeti team, obviously it's great. Tuesday tune-ins, fantastic. You know, we, we like to give as much information as we can, but um, Obviously, we've only got so much time in the day, so uh, we've, you know, th there are certain um, uh, certain time restraints for us. But um, it's like a training weekend, you know. We we obviously love those, and we work closely with uh, Evertrekkers on the training weekends as well. Um, it's great to see everyone um, booked in on those. But the summit zone is kind of like more of a um, accountability thing that we can work together to get you prepped and ready for the um, for the trip. So yeah, any anyone that's interested in the summit zone, we'll be putting that in the community very very soon um uh, in the group and by email you get the link and you'll be able to um to join that uh, it's not quite ready yet uh, in, in about an hour or so we should be able to set that out yeah um for everyone but yeah uh, be obviously great to, to have you as part of that um it's a, it's, it's, it's going to be a really really um powerful thing for our trekkers kind of going forward in preparation for the big trips yeah nice day what, awesome. what we got um so got uh, uh kerry yeah. has asked what are our thoughts on altitude sickness tablets yeah. Um, so that's uh, that would be Diamox. Yeah. Um, I think Diamox is a is a relatively essential um, tool in the toolbox to uh, be you know to climb Kilimanjaro, EBC, whatever you're going to do. Um, the information <coughs> on sort of and the guidance about how you use it is is relatively anecdotal because it's not designed for high altitude. So there are more than one way to use it. Yeah. Um, generally speaking. The way I use it, and this is not a recommendation, is that I'll have it in my pack. Um, and then in, if I start to need it, that's when I'll take it. Yeah. The other method is, and I know people like my, my dad has used it this way on his yeah. second trip, which is say you arrive at Lukla, you start taking it straight away. Um, and generally it would be half a pill in the morning, half a pill in the evening. Yeah. 
and then you up that then depending on whether you need more. Our guides carry it, um, so you don't necessarily have to bring your own, although yeah. I, I usually do. Um, and yeah, I think you can rely on a couple of factors. So one, like your comfort level and your peace of mind, that'll feed into how you want to take it. Secondly, the information on the guides. Our guides are there not just to show you the way, but also to support you and make sure you're safe and, and give you all the information and help that you need. Yeah. So they're really, you know, superheroes of the trekking world. And you've got one yeah. with you for the entire trek. So, yes, lean on their knowledge and lean on those guys sometimes literally um, and they'll help. Exactly. And yeah, and Adam's made a good point there. Hey, Adam, I hope all is well. Um, you know, around the the guides, um, you know, and, and, and Adam there put, you know, probably wouldn't have got there to EBC without them. And yeah, you know, we, we do hear that a lot. And <clears throat> it's good to, to lean on the experience of the guides. Um, you know, they are amazing people. They're very experienced, um, especially at altitude. And yeah, as Dave said, in Nepal, um, you know, they do carry uh, Diamox as well. But obviously, <clears throat> this is medication. You can get it here in the UK. You get it prescribed. It's a bit harder to get here in the UK. They do sell it in most places, like Kathmandu. Um, I know they sell it in Cusco as well. Um, on if anyone's going to Machu Picchu, um, but yeah, obviously speak to your GP as well if you're using any other medication, just so there's no like, um, you know, it doesn't affect it or anything. Um, but it, like Dave said, it's a tool. It's yeah. something that actually earlier on in my altitude kind of years, I. I was actually very against taking Dymox, um, um, but actually educating myself um, years ago now and, and actually seeing it in the field and seeing it on the trails being used, absolute game changer. A lot of people wouldn't have got to where they wanted to got to altitude if you want the Dymox, um, because it really helped them acclimatize um, and help them more, enjoy it a bit more as well, rather than suffering every day. Um, you know, that's the, for some people, for others, you know, like I've, I've, I've taken like half a pill once and that's it. I've never taken it. Um, being quite lucky, touch wood. Um, you know, and other people do use it a bit more, but it's fine. It's it's a tool. Use it. That's mm -hmm. what it's there for. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> sorry for frogging my throat. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, a few more comments as well. We got Jackie buzzing for Ultimate Island Peak in April. Ah, oh, Jackie, be here before you know it, mate. Um, yeah, it'd be great to hear how you get on on Island Peak um, in April. Obviously, we over the last. Kind of couple of weeks as, as the years um started we've had our first summits on Killy. we've had our yep. first summits on mount tubcal uh just this weekend gone we had our first winter skills course in the cairngorms which is fantastic back and cag was out there at the moment yeah they've got a first couple of summits down in the velocitos range doing their acclimatization yeah exactly it's a you know so yeah really excited um about the um, aconcagua expedition uh we've got a group of five on there um yeah and some long-term ever trackers as well so yeah, we're, we're really excited to, to hear um, how that's progressing um, yeah. over the coming weeks. We'll update everyone in the community as well how the expeditions are going. Um, yeah, we've obviously got more Killy trips this Saturday. Um, then EBC kicks off. I think our first trip is on the 28th of February. So we're starting a little bit earlier this season. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's becoming it's becoming obviously quite, uh, you know, quite popular in, in the in the spring. Yeah. And spring's an amazing time to go. Um, yeah, so we're really excited about uh, lots of our trips that are starting earlier this year um, as, as we kind of kick off. And it's mad, isn't it? They're almost at the end of January already. I know. Like literally, we just started January. Yeah. It's no, I, I still sometimes feel like I'm in 2020. Like what, <laughs> hap what happened to those two years, you know, 2020 and 2021? Like where, where did they go? But um, where did they go? Yeah. But no, awesome. Yeah. Great stuff. 
Um, what? Well, a, a couple more questions. We've got any other questions from WhatsApp? I uh, I can't see any. I think we've covered them all, actually, in terms of, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I suppose just to round it all off then, obviously, about, you know, we started off talking about fears. Um, I know we've talked about the main ones, you know, we talked about altitude um, and the fears around that. We've obviously got heights, traveling solo, a little bit around fitness as well, about how fit you need to be, maybe things around that. We've obviously covered some of the preparation, um, you know, also as well around some of the bugs, things like that. And I, I think broadly, when, when it comes to, to these things, just think of them as what's, you know, you can always ask that question. What's the other side of fear? What's the other side of of, of actually overcoming what you're currently thinking. Um, if it is heights, I know that can manifest itself in physical form. It can, you know, it's hard, isn't it? Because if you're afraid, you can be hanging on for dear life on the side. Yeah. But most of the others, you can you can usually get get past with some just some education, some knowledge. Yeah. Um, have a little Google. Have a little, um, you know, have a little think about you know why you're feeling that way. Um, you know, they're all none of these fears are wrong. Everyone feels them. Don't think you're on your own, uh, because myself, Dave, we've had similar fears. You know, yeah. we everyone's got a, you know, everyone's got a different parts of the journey, um, and whatever part you're on, it's just great that you're on the journey. Um, you know, whether you're trekking to EBC, whether you're trekking to Kili, Tupcal, Machu Picchu, K2 Base Camp, whatever it is. You know, some of our new ones like Grand Paradiso in Italy or Tour de Mont Blanc. Whatever you're doing, just remember you're out there having fun. You're out there in the mountains. What an amazing way to to live and experience you know yeah agreed any final thoughts from you Dave um no yeah I just think um again yeah it's one of those ones where I wouldn't ever let or try never to let any fears or things like that get in the way of you going out and living an adventurous lifestyle and do and taking yeah. on those challenges um because again based on my experience yesterday it's it's really the things that you choose to do and prep for and you know really focused on that cause you the biggest upsets in life you know it's the things that blindside you at nine o'clock at night on a monday um you know so um and yeah life short get out there and 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 take on these challenges and um don't worry too much about the sort of the success or failure aspect of taking on these challenges think of more of the experience overall regardless yeah. of the outcome um and i guarantee you over time you'll have a much better life and you'll have so many stories to tell and you'll inspire for every one person that goes, I think you, I think you inspire another five, you exactly. know, so it does have a knock on effect for, for everyone around you. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks everyone. Um, really, really good live. Oh, excuse me. Um, I hope you've, um, you found it useful today. I know lots of themes we talked about, maybe we've, we've covered before. Um, and there's some really good questions as well, you know, around, uh, you know, kind of diamonds. And I know, Jerome there mentioned about Diamox. Yeah, I think it's called acetalizamide. Is a um, bit of a mouthful. Acetalizamide. Uh, um, so it's hard, isn't it? It's yeah, but you need to go to a travel clinic, really. Travel clinic. GPs best, yeah. only understand, don't really understand its use in um, unless they've done it themselves. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. It's, it's, it is very niche. So definitely with the travel clinics, obviously they can prescribe it for you uh, if needed. Uh, obviously you've got to pay for that so it's a little yeah. bit a little bit different but no thanks so much for for, for coming coming on today next week um get the um uh, obviously the acceptance speeches ready uh i'll actually prepare your phones because we're going to call the winner on the live um so yeah we'll be announcing the uh, everest base camp um competition winner next yeah. tuesday so definitely get yourself um we'll be here 12 30. um i know bribe rise got his um I think it's been about four or five years you, you've had that uh, acceptance speech, Bry. So um, anyway, we'll do the draw next week. Good luck. 
it's always very popular. I think um, we've already had about 11,000 people enter, um, you know, uh, the uh, the competition, uh, obviously more, more so. It is open for the next um, several days. Um, and I suppose before we go, just to drop in there, uh, uh, Sam, uh, Sam, let's go to Samantha writes yeah. on there. Sophie, if you can pop the link uh, in the comments as well for the competition, uh, that would be awesome just so it's there. Um, and obviously, if you want to get uh, in, involved in that, even if you've been to Ever Space Camp before, if you do draw you out um, and you don't want to go back to Ever Space Camp, you can go on the other trips, just the same value off it. Um, so definitely get yourself entered, even if you're an existing Ever Trekker. Um, you know, we want you guys involved as well. Uh, it's always a good vibe. Uh, it's always a good um, uh, good experience in the community whenever we do these competitions. It's the first one we've done for best part of six months. So, yeah, we, we really wanted to do one. There it is. <laughs> my Sophie was like where is that link where is that link uh but great stuff there it is um yeah so bit.ly forward slash win and evertrek ebc sounds weird saying it but it's just the link yeah. <laughs> um get yourself in and we'll announce the uh announce the winner um next tuesday awesome yeah bye guys take All it right. easy take it easy guys have a good one bye <laughs>